0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Generally Speaking About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this is a podcast production of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You can find us on the web at www.generallyspeakingpodcast.com. This is episode number 13, titled Sharing Our Faith. Uh, Today, Stephanie and I were at the Family Christian Store, and I picked up a book called The Christian Handbook. It's kind of a... A neat looking book. It is uh, red. It's got a picture of a, cir- a yellow circle and it's got the little fish symbol on it. And the fish happens to be smiling, which I thought was unique. And then uh, I'm going to read it. It says here, the icon of the si- smiling fish on the cover reminds us of the importance of a good, of a good Christian humor. The ichthus or fish symbol for Christ was used by early Christians as a secret way to express their faith. Like the early Christians, a place of uh, let's see here a, the place of humor in the Christian life is sometimes misunderstood by the outside world. The smiling fish, fish corrects this misunderstanding and suggests our need to make humor an important part of our witness to Christ. Now, I would suggest that they're absolutely correct, but I don't know that that putting a little smile face on the little uh, ichthus actually corrects the problem. Uh, (laughs) But I will certainly say that we Christians do need to have a little bit more of a sense of humor than we have in the past as a a whole, I, I should say. That's not true for everybody. Let me qualify that. Hey, anyway, um, I a matter of fact, I just got. I, I'll, I'll share a little personal story. I just got in trouble, <laughs> if you will, for for having a bit of a sense of humor. In fact, I, I had recently been accused of lying, and <clears throat> and uh, I I kind of uh, feel like it it was. <laughs> man, I can't stop coughing. I should probably start this podcast over, but I won't. Anyway, um, I got in trouble because I had done this little thing with the weekly Lost podcast, and I had um, put together a mock or a fake interview with the the creators of of the show Lost, uh, the writers or producers of the show, and uh, they do a, an official Lost podcast, and and I took their podcast and edited out like little short clips. And what I did was I put together those clips in a, what do you call that? Um, I I put them together to where I could have them all queued up. And I would ask questions, and then what I would do is take the quotes from their original broadcast, and I would have them be answering the questions that I asked in the supposed interview. And it... (laughs) It was pretty funny. I, I thought I enjoyed it, and it's in episode number 49 of the Weekly Lost podcast if you're interested in hearing it. But anyway, I had done something, I guess, that for many was the wrong thing to do, if you will. And I had gone into the generally speaking Lost Forum and I had put a little post up there. Now I have done mock interviews in the past, so I kind of figured everybody would know immediately that that this was cliff just joking around but the problem is is i am a salesperson and and i'm i'm very convincing when i when i share things and so uh, i never thought it would go on this far that people would really buy into what i was saying so i i did a little post in the forum saying hey guys you're not going to believe this but i got an exclusive interview with the producers of lost and i was able to sit down with them in their office and and record an interview it's the most amazing thing i cannot believe it and uh, I just posted that there, and I said, "Be be on the lookout in episode number forty nine. I'll be playing a a five minute interview with Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse." And so I'm like, "Okay, I can't wait to see what these guys have to say. If they say anything, they'll just look for the interview or whatever in the in the podcast and see what Cliff's up to." <coughs> well, anyway, I had a newbie or a new person just sh- sign on into the forum and. And they came across that, and they go, "Oh my gosh, no way! That's that's amazing." So let me ask you: Will you be playing the entire interview, or just uh, playing clips in 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 different uh, episodes of your podcast? And I'm like, "Oh gosh, this is too good to pass up." And uh, anyway, what happened was, I'm like, "Okay, this is this is good. I, I've got somebody that's biting on this one." And so, as it, my sense of humor, which is a little warped, Allows. I went in there and said, "Well, here's the deal." For nine, I sat down with the guys with Damon and Carlton, or the boys, as I affectionately call them now, and I wrote all this in there uh, for about ninety minutes. Uh, with you know, as we were recording, I said, "But the guys had a little bit too much to drink, and well, there was a problem. They started to spill all the secrets of behind the show lost, and and they they told me everything, including this uh, what they call a black box theory, where where they have this box that that if the show ever were canceled, this is how they could wrap up everything in the show with one final episode. And so uh, I, I had I, they had shared that with me and and the only problem is is that before I was allowed to sit down with the guys, uh, I had to sign a waiver form which gave ABC exclusive rights to edit the entire interview uh... just in case these guys would say something that that they didn't want to get leaked out and so what happened was after the interview they confiscated my recording and what they did is they had their people edit it and they had emailed it to me just this afternoon and in fact my ninety minute interview had been edited down to about five minutes so in answer to your question unfortunately i had so much more but all I have left now is just five or plus, five plus minutes of the interview, and I will be playing that in tonight's episode in its entirety. Now, how much more ridiculous could I have gotten with that story? But anyway, the problem is, is that so many bought it, <coughs> and I would imagine that a lot of people took more credence into what I was saying as a result of Cliff being involved in ministry and And uh, so they figured, you know, there's no way Cliff would ever lie. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that I remember, uh, I'm not sure how many of you out there listen to The Daily Breakfast with Father Roderick. It is by far the best podcast in the world. I'm obviously not Catholic, but I listen to Father Roderick every single day that he podcasts. I've never missed a single podcast since I first learned about him. Anyway, uh, he did this one thing where he said he, this uh, right before April 1st, he did this podcast saying that he was called to his bishop's office and you know the bishop was uh, concerned about the amount of time that he was spending with podcasting, and uh, perhaps you know he should spend less time podcasting and more time focused on his duties as a priest for his parish because you know, <coughs> he, he made a very convincing story, let's put it that way. Well, Father Roderick has like 27,000 listeners to his show, and people were writing letters to his bishop, they were writing letters to the Pope, uh, I mean, it was just the craziest thing in the world. Now, the thing is, is Father Roderick uh, let this go on far more than I let my little fake or mock interview go on. And he did actually tell his bishop ahead of time what he was doing uh, and and stuff, because... Uh, he, he wanted to make sure he covered his bases just in case. But he never realized people would write to the Pope. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, the deal was this, is that on April 1st, he released a special podcast. And he explained that it was going to be his last. And he, uh, it was sad. I mean, Stephanie and I are in the van. We're like going out to dinner with uh, friends from church. Uh, we were going to have a, this awesome evening with other people and that we were good friends with. And when we got to the restaurant, we did not want to go in. We wanted to finish listening to what he said, and we were so upset and so angry. And it's like, man, church people just don't get it. The church leadership don't understand how how podcasts can really reach and encourage people. That we were so frustrated and angry, and and so we had this conversation over dinner where Stephanie and I were explaining to people what we were like so passionate and upset about, and <laughs> we had this wonderful uh, discussion, and then. Uh, after dinner we went over to a friend's house and we had uh, social time together and between the ride from the restaurant to their house we got to hear the rest of it and at the end he says uh, I don't know if you checked to look to see what day it is but it's April 1st and this and you have all been a um, caught up in what I will call my April Fool's prank or whatever so I thought it was the most beautifully done April Fools joke on the face of this planet. There is nobody who has ever got me on an April Fools joke except for Father Roderick. And the thing is is that the people lashed out against Father Roderick for doing that. And I just thought I thought it was great. I thought it was the wonder, most wonderful thing. But uh I guess a lot of people do take people who are in a in a position of ministry more seriously than than perhaps they should and some people will <coughs> some people will actually uh defend that they're saying but you know you you're judged more highly than others and your words and deeds should be different and and there's some truth to that but there is still nothing that says that once you take up a role of ministry or once you become a Christian and are living an example in front of people that you can't have a sense of humor and so one of the one of the listeners to my podcast wrote and says now, you know God wouldn't be happy. You now you you must admit that God would not be happy with the fact that you lied. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I and and I can't say for sure that God wouldn't be upset with the fact that I had let that sit and and I lied about it for the entire day. And then during the podcast I put the interview near the middle to end of the podcast. And so I, I and I built up and continued to throw minor lie on top of minor lie if you will, on top of that. And I can't say that God probably wouldn't uh, be a little upset that I would would go that far. However, what I don't believe people could say is that God didn't chuckle when people were falling for it. I think that maybe God might have thought it was a little funny himself. And so, I don't know. We can't say for sure, but I believe that it's okay to have a healthy sense of humor. Now, I don't believe in lying. However, my, my intent was not to lie with getting a, by getting away with something or trying to deceive people into taking action or anything like that. It was just simply, <coughs> excuse me, it was, um, it was only directed to people who already listened to our podcast. So I, it wasn't like a, a ploy to get people to listen to our show. And um, to be honest with you, there are very few people on the forum who actually even saw that. And so the most of the people who actually t- fell for the story were just people who had just heard about it the first time as we introduced it in the beginning of the podcast. And so they were only led on for like 40 minutes. And so it, it I, I don't know. It, I, I, anyway, sense of humor, smiling fish on the front of a book. That's how all this started. And this podcast is, dis- is uh, titled Sharing Our Faith. Hmm. Yeah. Boy, Cliff got a little off topic there. 12 minutes, 42 seconds, and uh, let's just uh, go on into the conversation to talk about what we're supposed to talk about. Okay, so I'm going to get in trouble here because this book has a copyright, and it <coughs> it says here, copyright 2005, Augsburg Fortress, All Rights Reserved reserved except for brief quotations in critical articles or reviews no part of this book may be reprodu- reproduced in any manner without prior written permission from the publisher okay so i wonder if i can squeak by and saying that as i do some of the information that's in this book and kind of comment on it if i can say that this is a brief quotation in a critical article or review. So I'm going to be reviewing this book, technically, and I'm going to briefly quote a couple items out of it. So I'm not going to reproduce this entire book in any manner in this podcast. However, I am on page 74 of the Christian Handbook, if everybody will turn with me. And I'm just kidding. Uh, Anyways, it's called How to Share Your Faith with Somebody. Now, I will tell you that I have not read a single page of this book yet. Uh, I'm opening it up and looking through it for the first time. I was looking at the story, and I'm like, I need something for material to give me to to go on and give me some ideas for the Generally Speaking About the Church podcast. And <clears throat> how to share your faith is an interesting topic. Now, I obviously have some preconceived ideas about, I guess, if you want to call it evangelism, which those who are non-church may be confused by what in the world is that term being the word evangelism and evangelism is simply sharing your faith Uh, and what does that mean Uh, well for Protestant believers specifically it means taking the message of salvation in Jesus Christ the need for salvation or or what it means to become a Christian and how to become a Christian that's what we mean when we talk about evangelism or we talk about sharing our faith that's what we're talking about here and I used to have a really warped idea Uh, of what sharing my faith was and it was brought on by a warped uh, teaching within the church however I will say that I am overly critical of that just because it's not my style and it has worked for many thousands of other people so I should not be so critical and I should probably practice what I preached in (laughs) episode number 12 and I should choose my words carefully and think before I speak and not be so much of a hypocrite yeah, anyway How to share your faith with somebody. Sharing the gospel with others is a natural... Gospel, by the way, is the good news or the story of salvation that that the New Testament shares. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm still getting over my bronchitis and uh, recording several podcasts back to back to uh, get caught up since I've been away for so long. Sharing the gospel with others is a natural part of exercising a mature faith. In fact, Jesus commanded his followers to do this. Making it an important part of the life of faith. In Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through twenty, sti- uh, which is a little blurb where Jesus was getting ready to <coughs> ascend up into heaven, and he says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all the commands I have uh, commanded you, uh, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit." and go and do that. So that's what he said in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It's the commandment to go out and make disciples or to share your faith. So still, some Christians tend to be rather shy evangelists. Okay, there's that word evangelist. While evangelism has become a negative word for some people, and I think there's good reason why. I'm adding my commentary as I read. <coughs> Excuse me. Sharing the story of salvation in Jesus Christ is still the most rewarding way to live out one's faith, and I will give you that. Uh, It is also a discipline that takes practice. I guess, yeah, uh, living a Christ-like faith that that gives you that opportunity to share your faith definitely takes a lot of practice. And uh, don't wait until you're perfect at it because uh, you'll never share your faith. Number one, look for the opening. Regular daily conversation offer lots of chances to talk about your faith. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to read these step-by-steps without my commentary, and then I'm going to comment on them afterwards. (coughs) So, excuse me. I I ask you to bear with me, and I may say some things here that I disagree with, Uh, but I'm going to uh, read these to you without commentary, and then I'll come back. Look for the opening. Step one. Regular, regular daily conversation offers lots of chances to talk about your faith. Listen for open-ended comments, such as, I wonder why life is like that, or sometimes it just life seems so hard. When possible, offer a response from a Christian perspective. Begin sentences or phrases such, with such as, uh, I've come to think, or I don't have the perfect answer, but I believe. Okay, so that's step one. Step two, be yourself. Expressing your faith should be a natural and the same as let should be natural and the same as other types of daily conversation. Very good. I do like Okay, so I'm gonna give you my commentary. Okay, forget what I said before. Stephanie quit laughing at me over there on the couch. I was so wishy washy, so blown tossed and back and forth from the wind. Oh goodness. So yes, looking for opening I, the the one thing about sharing your faith don't let it become my my suggestion is don't let it become so much that you have this other agenda for people that you're on this mission to save people your, your mission is to love and to care for people and, to, and invest in a relationship with them and sometimes I think it's important to let people know that we care for them through a loving relationship before we go and try to insert certain phrase here. Uh, some people may disagree. Uh, I realize that we never know how long or how much of a chance each and every person has on this earth and it may be important to get in there and share our faith before they if something might happen to them. And I used to think that and I used to get stuck on that but the one thing you want to avoid is a forced conversation with somebody who does not yet have any built-in trust or faith in what you have to say, because you need to go back and listen to uh, the podcast to, to really understand what it is what I'm trying to say here. In fact, I'm going to go and look right now to um, a couple of them of other podcasts. Um, let's see here, number seven, uh, almost daily devotional. Who are your friends? You should listen to that. Number episode number eight in this feed, almost daily devotional. Other people exist. And number nine, almost daily devotional, only if you like them. Uh, so I, <coughs> I would suggest if you if you listen to those three podcasts, you'll understand why I say, you know, don't go right in and start beating people over the head with Bible verses or, or your Christian perspective or anything like that. But step number two, be yourself. It should be natural. It should be something. Your faith should be very much a part of who you are. And so coming up with things should not be unnatural sharing your life in such a way that it leads others to to an understanding of who you are what you're about and how you do the things that you do uh, such as standing up through the difficult trials of your life uh you know just it it should naturally occur and it says here avoid suddenly switching your tone of voice or vocabulary oh my goodness you know, one of the things that I'm frustrated with uh, in in this new small world that I found after podcasting, I used to be so geographically challenged and I used to be so uh, self-centered thinking that America was the center of the universe that now podcasting has opened up an entire world to me. Uh, we have listeners in Japan and Germany and and uh, Singapore and the Philippines. We have listeners in Australia and all over the UK, the Netherlands, all this all these places all over the world are listening to me. And I'm meeting so many new and exciting and interesting people. And what I've learned is that, well, there are people out there that speak other languages than English. Well, I knew that. that I'm not that stupid. But here's what I'm saying is that now, uh, like Father Roderick, he is from the Netherlands. And his native tongue is Dutch. And so he's just started a brand new podcast called McFaith. And I listened to it. And I didn't understand. I can't understand a word he's saying. But I, I want to hear him. I, I, I love Father Roderick, and-, and I'd love to hear what he's saying in his other podcast. But it's so beyond me. I cannot understand a single word. Except every now and then, he'll use an English name or uh, a- a- like a title of something that is not translatable. So it- it's only available in English. Um, and then um, there's a podcast for Lost that's done in Portuguese from. Um, a guy named Vladimir and his wife, and they sit and talk about Lost, and these people are so nice, and, and they they credit me for inspiring them to podcast and, and have been so kind, And and I listen to their podcast, and I haven't got a clue as to what they're saying. And so it's kind of frustrating to not know what somebody's saying. And sometimes we do suddenly switch our tone of voice and we start using words that our friends have no idea, such as if now the people who are listening to this, uh, you're all over the place. There are people who are seminary students listening to this and cringing every time Cliff opens his mouth because <coughs> he completely doesn't understand all the deeper things of theology, which is okay. I'm, not, I'm okay with not understanding all that stuff. There are some of you who have been in church for a while. There are some of you who are t- completely turned off by church. There are some of you who have been re- ridiculed and persecuted by people within the church. And then there are some of you who have never been around the church and haven't got a clue what it's about. But the problem is, is that when we start using words like you know, Jesus uh, came to justify us from our from the condemnation of the fall, and we need to have His Christ's righteousness imputed upon our behalf so that we can be justified. And, and once we are justified and we repent, then we can then live a life and work out our salvation until the day where there's a second work of grace called sanctification. And we can live in... I mean... We start using this stuff in, in our day-to-day language with people, and they have no clue of what we're talking about. And, and And then we try. what happens is we end up starting to try to impress the other person with our knowledge, and instead we should be allowing the Holy Spirit to just guide us through natural conversation. So step number two, be yourself. I like that. Let's keep that one in the process. Looking for the opening? I think you don't have to be so much looking for the opening. Just don't not be looking for the opening. Invest in people's lives and the opening will happen. Just be. I will, I will instead say, pray. Step number one, for, okay, get rid of, look for the opening. I don't like it. Uh, be praying for an opening and that God will make it clear to you when the time comes. That's step number one. Step number two, be yourself. I like it as it is. Step number three about sharing your faith. Watch for a chance to take the conversation deeper. Carefully gauge the other person's response. Observe his or her facial expression, verbal tone, and body language. If he or she seems to be closing down, set the topic aside and wait for another time. If he or she keys in and perks up, be prepared to continue. You know, this seems too much like the life insurance sales seminars that I've been in. Uh and step number 3 it that that goes to the the looking for an opening and and being you know looking for god to open things up and being yourself i this watching for the chance to take it deeper uh, just be just be prepared uh i think it was in yesterday's or in the in episode number 12 that i just recorded 10 15 20 minutes ago uh that Actually, it couldn't have been that because it's twenty-five minutes into this one. So it was probably about half an hour ago that I recorded episode number twelve. Where was I going with this? I forget. Anyway, I this whole look, take it look for a way to take it deeper. It, it seems that you know when you're when you're having conversations, if you have to worry about okay, now I'm looking at oh, I see a bead of sweat and and I think I see see a tear welling up in the eye. This may be my chance. That, dude, you so much have an agenda there if you're looking for that. I, if you see this and, and you care about the person, you'll know when the time is right and the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you. So, step number three, it might be good to, to, to know when to... I definitely like the idea of when to set the topic aside. If anything, definitely there is a time to just say, eh, now's not the time. Okay, so step number three... Be sure to make sure to look out for when you shouldn't be speaking. (laughs) Wow! All right. Step number four: Open up. Human beings are attracted to each other by our strengths, but we bond because of our weaknesses. The key. Let's see here. Key to sharing your faith is the willing to be honest about your own life's struggles. This will communicate safety, which for many people is critical. Now here is. definitely one i agree with we and while we're sharing our faith we should never sit there i read the bible every day and because i do my life is better for it or we should never say things like ever since i became a christian and gave up my own desires and selfish pleasures god has blessed me tremendously <coughs> because maybe he has but he doesn't do that for everybody Because if he did, then I'm serving the wrong Christian God, I guess. Uh, Because my life isn't rosy and cheery and sunny all the time. And so, obviously, there are some things we say that just are just outright bold claims that that, eh, just aren't so. But however, being willing to share your weaknesses, that is critical. And one of the first things I did in podcasting uh, we I, we started our second show called My Crazy Life. And I... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I remember doing... Uh, let's see here. I'm pulling it up now. Uh, My Crazy Life. And I'm going to see if I can go all the way back to the very first episode. First couple episodes that I did. Because I want to share with you how I expressed what I was going to be talking about. And let's see here. My Crazy Life... Um, Episode number two, it was done on March 20th, 2006. The title of the show was Love My Neighbor? And what had happened is I was having an issue with my next door neighbor. And I told people on our Lost podcast that they should look at My Crazy Life, a new podcast that I had just started at the time. And I was going to talk about this awful experience I've had with my neighbor next door. And what I did is they they pay basically, here's this Christian guy saying that he's going to let it all out, if you will, and explain the whole circumstance of why I'm so frustrated, Um, and basically, in essence, it sounded like Cliff was going to be gossiping about the whole thing, and it was real juicy. Let's find out what's going on. (coughs) Well, come to find out, I did share about what had frustrated me and how I had reacted to it, but instead of going off on why I'm right and the other person's wrong, I shared how I completely screwed up by handling the situation in a wrong and unchristlike like way. And I asked people to pray for me and to help me. Um, help, just to pray for me to have the strength and courage to go and be reconciled with my neighbor. And it took a couple of days, if not I think a week or so, before I was able to finally just get rid of the bitterness in my own heart. And when I did, I went over and the story that followed that up uh, is just simply amazing. And I think... Um, I did that in episode number four, so on March 31st, I gave an update of what happened in episode number four of My Crazy Life, but what I did is I was willing to share the fact that I had totally screwed up and act in a non-Christ-like way, and I completely blown it, and I did that in front of my kids, giving a bad example of how to handle circumstances when when you're in a disagreement with somebody and, and... and so uh, what what that did is it automatically built a respect uh, from my listeners for me. People wrote in and say, I really respect the fact that you're so open and honest with how you feel and that you don't hold back and you share your weaknesses because it makes, it makes us realize that Christians are human and it's okay to be human. Now, I don't think it's okay to be uh, lazy or apathetic, but I will share with you at times I also struggle with those things. So, but the fact is is that it's God's grace that gets us through and that's a big part of sharing our faith. So, number 4 in this book it says open up. Instead of that, I'm going to say step number 4 there is be willing to share your weaknesses because the many times the people who are against the Christian faith talk about how hypocritical Christians are or how they're holier than thou. Uh, it's this attitude of they'll tell you everything that you shouldn't be doing that you're doing. Well, get off of that kick and start sharing what I'm. I'm going to start sharing what I'm doing and I shouldn't be doing. And I'm not going to ask you to apply that to yourself. I'm going to ask you to see that in my life. And if you agree with it, perhaps maybe you might uh, investigate that in your own life to see if it's there. And if the Holy Spirit convicts you of it, then then that's your responsibility to to. To, to deal with what God is laying on your heart and if he doesn't convict you of it well I'm not going to sit there and try to do something the Holy Spirit isn't doing so I'm not going to convict you of it anyway, anyway number 5 follow up offer to continue the conversation later and arrange a time at this point the conversation will have become personally valuable to you allowing the person to see your commitment to your faith alongside your continuing questions will reassure him of him or her of your sincerity, uh, <clears throat> I think this is a, a silly to put in there as a step because personally, I think you should be in a relationship with people that you are sharing your faith with, and setting setting up an appointment afterward. It's just just continue to be their friend, invest with them uh, your time and your energy, be with these people, show them you care, uh, but you don't have to ask them to you know, hey, let's set up an appointment where we can get together and continue this. Um, that That's one of the things I do also. So many times we're trained to share our faith in the same way that sometimes we're just, life insurance agents are uh, trained to sell life insurance. Now, when it looks like they're ready to make a decision, you say, okay, so when can I come out to your house? Would you like me to come out Tuesday or Wednesday, morning or afternoon? I'll be there. I that sometimes you know I'll have a conversation with somebody and they say you know I think this is what I want and you know what I'll tell my client I'll say listen I I've given you a lot of information I want you to go home and talk about it with your spouse you guys see what if this is what you think is right uh, more than likely more questions will come up if you have some additional questions I'm here I'm available to answer all those questions and if you decide that you have more questions or if you would like to set up an appointment, you call me back after you've had an opportunity to think about it. Because I don't want to force people into making a decision. I like to allow people to come to their own conclusions to feel like what they're doing is right. And and if I've done my job and I've explained life insurance correctly and if i believe that they need it i've explained it in such a way that they understand their need for it and if they can afford it and it's the right time for them then they'll make the decision they don't need me to force them into it and i believe the same thing is true with our christian faith so follow up uh, i would say instead of following up i would definitely instead follow up with prayer um asking god afterwards to continually use the words that he had granted you through the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to them, that they may continue to be an encouragement, and to follow up in consistent prayer for that individual is much more important than to get an opportunity to finish the conversation or to continue the conversation. The conversation may come, and you may not be the next person that God uses to, to take them to the next level. It doesn't always work out that way. So I, I, I'm follow-up's not... I'll follow up in prayer not the way that they say. And uh, item number 6, uh, offer to share your faith community with the other person. Most people join a church after being invited by a friend. When the time is right, invite the person to attend with you. Tell the person what tell the person what makes it special to you. Okay. Here is where I am going to get in trouble with all you Christian people out there. Okay, some of you Christian people I will tell you this, do, oh my gosh, I I probably shouldn't even say it. Stephanie, should I say it? You know you want to. Okay, she says I know I want to and I'm going to anyway. Oh <sighs> gosh, I'm going to really open myself up here. I suggest people don't invite their non-Christian people to church. Yeah, I said it. I do not like to invite non-Christians to go to church. I think it's silly. And the reason why is because non Christians who don't believe in God, uh, well, why would we ask them to come sit next to us as we worship a, our God in front of them, the God that they don't believe in? Um, it, it's kind of like, you know, having somebody ask me and begging me to go golfing with them. I don't golf, I don't like golf. And golf is something that I'm just really not interested in. But, but if you continually pester me and beg me to go and play golf with you, it's not going to all of a sudden say, Oh, wow, this is great. Um, okay, maybe that's a horrible analogy. And the fact is, is that church is, it, we do some really weird things at church in the eyes of a non-believer. However, I will not say that people who have come to church and been exposed to the living presence of God uh, in a worship experience, have not been touched and moved and saved as a result. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, there have been a lot of people that have experienced God for the first time in their life that way. I just don't think it's the best way. I, I think that there is a better way. Uh, I like to. <coughs> no, I like the title of uh, number six here. It says, "Offer to share your faith community with other with the other person." But when it said, I guess what I'm doing is I'm taking this understanding. Most people join a church. I, I'm thinking what it's saying here is that, you know, and asking the person to attend. I, I guess what I'm assuming that it's saying here is bring them to the worship service with you. Ask them to come and sit and hear your preacher speak. Ask them to come and hear the worship music. Ask them to come and be in the presence of God, which the presence of God, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. So that, you know, there. but there is something about being in the corporate presence of, of many believers worshiping together. And I understand that, but I believe there, I, I like the idea of offering to share your faith community. And that is bringing them into your circle of friends. And so, my circle of friends are other Christian people, and I would say that it's more important to to me to invite them to come to social gatherings where my other Christian friends hang out with me, and we do social activities that are not geared specifically to worship or something like that, but... Instead, it's just maybe we're going out for bowling one night and it's all my Christian friends and I might invite this person who God has brought along and allowed me to share my faith with over the past couple weeks who happens to be a non-Christian. I think it's best to invite him to that bowling night with my Christian friends. It's a non-threatening way and maybe eventually he'll he'll uh, come and take part in, in some kind of other social gathering or maybe eventually he'll come to our cell group where we sit in our living room and casually uh, speak about God in practical ways, where we're not forcing theology down people's necks, but we're we're investigating and seeking after the will of God in our in, own individual lives. And I believe, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, uh, I believe that the most important thing to do is to invite them to be a part of of your Christian community outside of the church first, so that they can see that Christian are normal people. That it's not this. This facade that you sometimes see when you walk in church on Sunday mornings, and and allow them to see the real life Christian people in action. Because the problem is, is far too many people go and they'll see people at church and they'll sit there and have this one way of doing life on Sunday mornings, and they'll go and see people outside in the middle of the week, and it absolutely has nothing. They're they're living just like everybody else, and it gives them this false impression of what the true Christianity is. Um, I believe that if you invite them into your community of good Christian people who are are living the life not just on Sunday but every day of the week that st- <coughs> still struggle and share their own weaknesses um, and the fact that they're all struggling through different, difficult trials but yet they're overcoming through the power of God and, and still are able to praise Him and, and give Him credit and still continue to live in faith, then I believe that will be all for that community of of Christians that you offer them to join and be a part of with you is more effective than just bringing them to church on Sunday. So, again, I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't invite your friends to church with you. Because, in, in essence, when you invite them to be with you in a social setting, you're inviting them to be a part of the church with you because the church is really a group of people whenever they gather together who are Christians. So... But specifically, this book I think is talking about coming to the worship service, and I don't think that's the, that's the great next step after a conversation about God. Oh goodness! Please don't email me if you dis if you disagree with me. Just disagree with me, and don't email me because I'm I'm not interested in arguing that fact. It's it's just something that I I believe, and if you disagree, that's fine. And and there are people that disagree, and that's fine. Alrighty, let's see here. So that was that number seven. Try to maintain the relationship regardless of what the person does. Be prepared for the other person to shut down around faith talk. Decline your invitation to attend church. Or even appear to avoid you. The most effective way to communicate that you are a follower of Jesus Christ is through your actions. Continue to live naturally and with integrity. Watch for another opportunity to to open the subject later on. (coughs) i would say that okay um i you know the thing is is that i i believe that what you're doing if somebody's avoiding you uh then perhaps you've not uh loved them in such a way that that you're serving them and that that's the you know if here's the deal and sharing your faith i think the most important thing to do is to first love and care for the person and then seek to find ways to serve them and invest in their life and not to s- not find the first open opportunity to sneak the gospel in uh with some kind of alternative ulterior motive of how you're going to fix them um i think that if if you are open and you care and you And you're not so much concerned whether or not this person is a Christian or non-Christian. You're not so much concerned whether this person drinks, chews, or dates girls who do. Uh, You're not so much concerned whether or not this person's a homosexual or not, or if they're of some other faith. But instead, your main primary concern is that you want to establish a relationship with them because they are a, a person who bears the image of God. And that's the first and foremost reason why you want to... Uh, extend your life and investment into the relationship with them is because you genu- genuinely care about them. Not too many people avoid you in that situation. And those who do, well, guess what? Perhaps maybe somebody else will be there for that person. Continue to pray for them, but don't look for ways to consistently invite somebody who's avoiding you to church. I think that's silly. Uh, instead, find ways to continually seek to serve that person. When you hear of something that's going on bad in their life, maybe their their wife is sick or something, maybe drop by and, and, and just drop off dinner one night. But don't, by any means, when you go and serve them dinner at their home, leave a little invitation card to the search service the next weekend. Get rid of the strings that are attached to all these things we do to serve people. Strings are bad. You know, strings are coercing people. We don't want to coerce people into accepting our faith. We want people to accept our faith because it's something that they see that they desire in their life. Uh, not something that we have to convince them of and 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 say, Listen, if you come to church, we'll continually serve you whenever your wife is sick. That's not what it's about. It's, I'm here because I care about you. And why do I care about you? Because I care about all people. It's not just you. Everybody is on my heart. I care about them all. That's what sharing your faith is. So anyway, that's, that's this little Christian handbook. Um... On, on how to share your faith with somebody. I will say, <coughs> overall, my critical review, I, I think that's what allows me to use this. Uh, it, there's a brief quotation of that entire two pages, but it, <coughs> out of the entire book, I guess you, you could say that was a brief quotation. Uh, and my critical review is that, overall, this book doesn't do it too bad of a job of how to share your faith. It's much better than the four spiritual laws that gives you... Hey, sit down, first tell them that they're a sinner and they're going to hell uh, if they don't accept the gospel message as a result of Adam and Eve and what happened in the garden. And then tell them that the penalty for the sin that they were born with uh, is that uh, they're going to go to hell, that they'll never be able to be good enough on their own, and that God pretty much took care of that problem because he sent his son to die on the cross who lived a perfect life and was the perfect sacrifice for us. And that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. And um, all of those things, you know, <clears throat> that if you step number five in that 5.5 is to ask them to pray a sinner's prayer with you. And after the prayer, then you say, well, now you have eternal life and you are saved. Uh, those those I, I i'm glad that this book didn't go into a step-by-step process because you know what there is no five set steps on how to become a christian it just doesn't happen in fact the bible says continually work out your salvation uh i'm not saying that there's that there's not this one thing point in time because I can tell you for me it was it was December 9th 1991 that was the day or that was the evening I was saved or became a Christian and I gained eternal life through faith in Christ Jesus but uh ever since then I've I've gone through the cycle of how I've shared my faith I've I've been so bold as to go and knock on people's door and ask if I can come in their home and and share my faith with them People who are complete strangers, and people still do that today, and and it works for some people. But you know, I think there are more efficient ways. Um, I've done all kinds of other things. I've 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 handed out free food to the homeless, which I think is, and and those that's something I still do today. But instead, before I used to do it with an ulterior motive, in hopes that I might be able to look for that open door of opportunity for me to share my knowledge and wisdom of Christendom with them, Christendom with them so that they might be saved and be fixed. Yes, Megan? Did you hear McKenna say, Dad? No, I didn't. She said, Dad! Really? Yeah, she's screamed. Sweet. So anyway, I used to do it with an ulterior modem. Modem. Motive. Modem. <laughs> That's me and my tech, be- <coughs> tech, tech personality here speaking in. Anyway, um... So I used to do it with this ulterior motive, but anymore I go out when I go out with with the church or with another ministry, I go not to to save or fix people, I go to serve them because these are hungry people, these are people that don't have clothes. I, these are people who need who need physical have physical needs. And yes, I do know of their spiritual need. And yes, if God opens the opportunity, I'm certainly going to speak when the Holy Spirit prompts me to. But never will I do that unless the Holy Spirit does it. I'm not going to continually train myself on how to look for the telltale signs of somebody who might be open to a conversation where you can get them to, through reason and succinct steps, on how to understand and accept Christ right then and there. Because I would tell you that I am a pretty persuasive person. And maybe that's how I can—that's how I can tie in the whole story, of uh, the story about the the joke that I did with people um, about Damon and Carlton. I mean, I really—I I shared that in such a way that everybody, a uh, majority of people who heard that podcast on episode number five, forty-nine of the Weekly Lost podcast, a majority of the people fell for it. They totally did believe that I had done that interview. And it's because of the way that I played it off during the whole beginning of that podcast episode. I'm a very convincing person, and I I am a great debater, and I can I can convince people and and steer a conversation in such a way that people will understand and <coughs> and and I can get them to my way of thinking. I it's it, it, I don't know if it's a gift that God has given me or or what, but the fact is is that there have been many times in my life that have sat down and had conversations with people looking for that opportunity in a, in a certain circumstance in their life. And then all of a sudden I was able to sit down and have them have this emotional experience where they said, yes, I need something. And I said, God's the answer. And here are the steps. And I, I gave them the, the Romans 3.23, 6.23, Romans 10.9, John 3.16, the Revelation 3.20. And all these other verses that I would just throw and memorize that I had memorized off the top of my head and I would share them all. And at the end of it, they would say, dear God, or I would say, repeat after me so that it, this is definitely a heartfelt prayer from you, uh, I would say, repeat after me, dear God, I'm a sinner. I understand this. And I accept your son, Jesus Christ as my salvation. And I want to turn my life around. And I do that hereby today and just ask that you take control of my life. And and I go, you know, it's, I, I had my little magical wand and I would say, voila, you're now a Christian. And uh, guess what? A lot of those people today are no different than they were before that conversation. And are some of them saved? Maybe. I don't, I don't know about this whole, you know, who who is and who isn't and how I can ever judge that myself. I think God's our only judge. I do believe Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life with God. Uh, How exactly God judges whether or not we have accepted him and things as a matter of a heart or through confession, physically speaking them, what happens to the people who are mute. There are all kinds of instances out there. But what I'm saying is sharing our faith should be sharing our lives out of the right motives for people. We should always be willing to not so much judge people for who they are, trying to fix the things that are in their lives that we disagree with. Instead, we should share our faith in such a way that it exemplifies the love that we genuinely really do have for them. And our love for them should prompt us to do what comes naturally through the leading of the Holy Spirit as we share our lives and our faith with those individuals. So anyway... That's all I have to say. My kids have obviously left their quiet time upstairs and they are now downstairs to play, which means my studio, podcasting studio, the official studio, is now officially turned into the playroom again. So, I'm out of here. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, And uh, until next time, um, I don't have anything else to say. I'd need a special sign-off or something. So. Everybody, hey, can everybody say bye, everybody? Bye!